to the RTI Time Machine. Today's time traveler is John Ventriest. And the destination Inga. Mention the town of Inga to anyone from Taiwan, and you may soon find yourself in a discussion about pottery and ceramics. There are towns across Taiwan famous for all sorts of local products, but in Inga, a short way outside of Taipei, it is pottery and ceramics that have made the local reputation. Today, the suburban area is home to a range of studios, producing wares for everyone from the local day tripper looking for a souvenir to the serious collector with serious cash to spare. The town's ceramic shops and professional studios are largely concentrated around one street, with Taiwan's only ceramics museum not far away. In historical terms, Inga's ceramics boom is quite recent, but there's a story here to be told. And here this week to help me tell it is Chen Baozhen, deputy director of the new Taipei City Inga Ceramics Museum. During our discussion today, Ms. Chen will explain how Inga came to be so closely linked with ceramics, while also walking us through the ceramics museum and reminding us that ceramics belong as much to the future as to the past. Inga's ceramics are the result of particularly good local clay. The area's suitability for making pottery and ceramics was appreciated as early as the 19th century. Wu An, a Chinese potter who'd settled in Taiwan in 1804, came to Inga and became one of the first to appreciate this clay. Over time, other people discovered the clay's usefulness as well. And like the potter Wu An, they set up shop in Inga too. But the local clay is just one part of the story of early local ceramics. Inga is also close to some of Taiwan's good coal deposits. And so as a result, the area had plenty of coal to fire kilns, as well as early access to rail transport. In the early 20th century, under Japanese colonial rule, both Taiwan's coal industry and its rail network expanded. But there was one piece of the puzzle that had yet to arrive, one that would delay Inga's ceramics boom until the end of World War II and Japanese rule. Under the new post-war Republic of China government, Japanese ceramic makers in Taiwan left the island, while imports of ceramics from Japan came to be heavily taxed. This effectively cut off two big sources of ceramics. Meanwhile, with the communist takeover in mainland China a few years after the war, cross-strait imports were soon out of the question too. This left a big local demand that only local supply could meet, and Inga's entrepreneurs rushed to fill the gap the number of local kilns and studios exploded. In 1951 alone, the number of local kilns doubled, from 20-some to 40-some. By the peak of the ceramics boom, there were several hundred makers of ceramics. Though bowls, plates, dishes, and other utensils made up the bulk of Inga's original production, Inga's kilns came to make a little bit of everything. 
There were tiles of all kinds, toilets and other bathroom fixtures, vases, teapots, children's toys, and ceramics for industrial uses. Inga's train station would soon become Taiwan's second biggest station for freight, with shipments to other points around the island. Meanwhile, amid a need for foreign currency, Taiwan would also push Inga ceramics beyond the island and into the world. Inga ceramics made their international debut at a Seattle World's Fair in 1962. Quality clay, quality craftsmanship, low prices, and access to transit did the trick. Thanks to Inga ceramics, Taiwan became a net ceramic exporter in 1965, and Inga ceramics came to be exported in large quantities for the first time in 1967. Ms. Chen says that the versatility of Inga ceramics was unusual at this stage. Ceramics are typically divided into five categories, she says. Daily items, building materials, bathroom fixtures, art pieces, and industrial ceramics. Inga made all five at once. However, the town's place on top of the ceramics world was precarious, and a quickly changing world demanded that Inga's factories change quickly too. From the 1970s and 80s, changes in global trade made ceramics from Inga less competitive. It didn't help that a ban on local clay extraction eventually meant that clay had to be imported. A shift in focus was needed to keep the factories open, and the solution was for serious artists with serious studios to take over. Today, it is these artists who dominate Inga Ceramic Street, with classical forms and fantastical modern creations everywhere you look. Ms. Chen says government help was involved here, but this help didn't stop with local artists. In 2000, after years of discussion, what's now Inga's Ceramics Museum opened with government assistance. This institution aims to collect, research, and preserve Taiwanese ceramics to educate the public and to display fine ceramic artwork. The museum's permanent exhibits include a gallery showing traditional pottery techniques. There is also an exhibit called Grandma's Kitchen, a reconstructed kitchen from decades past. It features ceramic utensils that people of older generations remember well and that young visitors have a chance to learn about. Of course, Ms. Chen says, there's also an overview of Inga's ceramic history, brought to life through features including part of a freight train placed indoors and loaded with Inga's old wares. There are examples of ceramic objects made right in town, tiles, toilets, and all, many of them once shipped from here around the world. Of course, as Ms. Chen has said, the Inga Ceramics Museum is for all of Taiwan, and so the exhibits also move beyond local traditions. There's a look far back into Taiwan's past, long, long before Inga ceramics were even conceived of. This section looks at the pottery of Taiwan's indigenous peoples, showcasing examples of traditions that stretch far back into Taiwan's prehistory. The museum also looks forward as well as into the past. 
Ceramics as a whole is an industry of the future. Amid sci-fi surroundings, one final section, called Future Prediction, Industrial and Fine Ceramics, examines the way ceramics are used in technology and electronics. Apparently, they show up in many places visitors might not expect, places like computers and phones. What does the future hold for Inga's own ceramics industry? The town may now be mainly focused on artwork, but Ms. Chen says its place as a global ceramic center is assured. The quality of its artists is appreciated in international circles, and the work of the Ceramics Museum itself has won international recognition. The museum has partnership agreements with museums, institutions, and associations in countries like the U.S., Germany, and Spain. There have been exchanges and international exhibits of ceramic art at the museum. And it is for good reason that the museum has been chosen to host the 2018 Congress and General Assembly of the International Academy of Ceramics. Global exchanges, conferences like this one, and an unbroken tradition of quality work ensure that Inga will continue to be linked with ceramics into our own 21st century. I'm John Van Trieste, and I hope you'll join me again next week for another journey through time. You're listening to Radio Taiwan International. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw.